Hello, everybody, and welcome back to You Can't Win. This is Tom here, and I'm joined by Don, as usual. Today, we have for you returning guest, Agile Tablet, and we're just going to be chatting a little bit about our plans for the summer and stuff we've been getting into lately and answering some of your questions. The questions have been piling up, so we're hoping to get through a good chunk of those. So, how's everybody doing? Pretty good. Can't complain. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Same here, I guess. It's getting nice and warm and sunny. Finally getting into the summer summer zone. It's been really it's been quite warm, but I I've been enjoying it. I'm going out and biking every day, having a lot of fun cuz there's a forest preserve trails nearby, so I can just go however long I want. Some days I do like 12 miles, some days I do like 22 miles. What the hell? Just... <laughs> 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 How long? Like, what, what are you doing? You're just like biking? I, I just or? go out and back. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, because yeah, it's a long. Just... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would be long if I was like running, but. Okay. So how, how long is <laughs> but it But a bike is easier. Um, Let's see. I think about like 10 miles takes me maybe like 35 or 40 minutes. Something okay, like okay. that. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I'm not I'm not like super fast or anything like that. I'm just doing it because it's fun. I just really mm. like biking. So yeah, um, yeah. I'd say yeah. you're usually out there for like an hour or something. Okay, okay, yeah. It depends. Sometimes uh, up to two hours, but yeah, usually between an hour and two hours. I think. Yeah. Are, are it's, you? It's yeah. nice. Are you guys planning on doing any sort of like extreme summer things, like going camping or? anything like that oh that would be i i don't know i that would be really cool but no no plans as of yet because sure um transportation is always an issue um sure. but yeah that that would be really cool i want to take tom to southern illinois because okay. not all of illinois is completely flat there's a very small portion of it right at the southern tip of the state that was never steamrolled by the glaciers so it actually has topography mm-hmm. um and it's very pretty it's more like you know kentucky or tennessee i guess okay uh, so like hills and stuff or yeah yeah exactly it's okay. rolling hills and and fo- some forests and stuff and even some rock formations and sure uh, rivers and stuff like that. it's just really nice it's very pretty so um i was looking up one of the towns uh around there today kind of fantasizing like oh wouldn't it be nice if we could da-da-da-da. so maybe i don't know did you did you ask because you have plans to to camp <laughs> no, no no not really i mean uh, I'm, I'm i'm a bit of a whiner for camping now you know? <laughs> I, I used to do it a lot when i was younger but i i think oh, yeah? that like yeah, I think that like if the temperature was slightly off, like if it's too hot now, now that I'm like, you know, I, I'm I'm a bigger guy so that like when it gets yeah. humid and hot, I just yeah. I have to just, you know, lay down until the temperature changes or something. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, no, I, <laughs> and, I, I, I think I finally uh, lost just enough weight that I crossed back under that threshold. Sure, it that's doesn't great, really, yeah. I know I'm really happy about it because I know exactly what you're talking about. And it just yeah. like, you're just out of commission. You just sure. can't function. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's been, I've, I've been better about that. I, like I can sleep when it's kind of warm and stuff like that. And uh, I don't mind being out during the day and sweating and stuff. It's not like just pure 
like non-functional torture. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Um, oh, what a pain. <laughs> um, I you know the only time I've gone camping I can think recently was about five years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. I went or four years ago I went to some uh, oh like a socialist camping thing. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, what they did is they rented like uh, there's like a nature uh study thing that lets for like biology students and all that at my university and uh they have like you know little cabins and stuff and um that was kind of neat i don't know i like that there wasn't many bugs so it was it was okay and that's good (laughs) uh, um that was nice i don't know and then you just listen to debates about like stalin and stuff (laughs) and i don't know like you know (laughs) i don't know just i don't know now uh, now i feel like i would be a bit much for me like i really wouldn't want to sit through those debates all the time but at the time it was pretty exciting so that know. sounds nice actually just yeah. you know like uh, do some stuff outdoors and then maybe go have a discussion or a lecture or something like that's a yeah. really nice balance <laughs> yeah and collective meals and fires and all that kind of stuff that yeah, that, yeah. i think that like if socialist stuff was more like that most of the time uh it would be a lot better than just like the people arguing with each other online all the time or whatever kind of thing yeah so i don't know kind of idyllic but i feel like uh, i'm kind of wasting it here because you know i guess it's uh, it's it's similar in a lot of the united states but in canada you know just it's very very easy to get to a campground from wherever you are kind of thing so oh that's kind of cool maybe maybe we need to get up there and yeah meet meet somewhere (laughs) (laughs) that would be nice (laughs) that would be cool yeah but uh I mean, I think the border is still closed, but yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, well, you <laughs> yeah. know, if it's remote enough, whatever. Yeah, yeah sure. Could yeah, just yeah, go we'll just, yeah. Just hike. <laughs> what is the situation there right now with like all the lockdowns and stuff? Are you allowed to like meet with other people? Because you said you saw your parents, whatever. Is that like. Yeah, well, I, I actually don't know exactly what like the legal situation is. Like, what, like, there's no more curfew. And okay. that that had been instated for quite some time uh, during the protests. It was like um, three or four nights, something like that. Maybe a little bit more than that, closer to a week. But but yeah, they that's that's that hasn't been instated for a while. Um, I every place still has signs that say like you can't enter without a mask and stuff like that. Um, I went to the library recently. They have kind of like half capacity. Like okay. they, like some days they open at normal time and close early. And then some days they open later and, and stay open till normal time. Yeah. Um, and they also are not processing things as quickly. Like I returned a book like a week ago and it still is on my account as like checked out. And they, they say that like, we're not going to get to it sure, as fast, sure. so you know. Yeah. So they're at like diminished capacity, but they are open again. Um, and uh, yeah, we we <laughs> we're able to see my folks, um, but like I keep my mask on all the time, and I try like if we're indoors, if we're not, if we're outdoors, then as long as I'm staying away from them, I feel like it's probably okay. Okay. Um, no, we just do a lot of stuff outside. Sure. But are you, are you like, allowed to visit friends and stuff or anything like that or go to other people's houses or? I think so. I don't okay. even know. 
Yeah, like I, I think I don't know if that was ever enforced. Oh, it really? was never enforced, uh, but yeah. they do technically they can ticket you, and I forget exactly mm. what what the level of the offense would be, but uh, yeah, they came out right out and said like when they instituted the whole policy was like yeah we're not really going to enforce this, but this is just you know don't do it. Yeah, and, uh, I think there is a limit on groups of people more than 10 or 30 or it's it changes you know they've changed it over time yeah uh they're talking about like opening up fully like the phase four full open on the first of july wow so um yeah i don't know Uh, things have been going fairly well in illinois as far as all this goes so yeah well i mean here it's very different like uh um there's like a limit on uh, you're not supposed to go into other people's houses in general. Like you're not supposed mm-hmm. to, and not like any sort of, any sort of indoor groups. You're not really allowed to. Um, they have like they made it so that there's like a bubble rule now where you're allowed to like have a group of up to ten people total who are allowed to kind of be indoors Congregate. together. Well, yeah. over over at and and those ten people can't have other people that they congregate with, kind of thing, in mm. general. So it's like when MySpace made you choose your top five, that kind of a thing. Exactly. Yeah. But it's, uh, yeah, it's also, I don't know, like in my family, I get to see my sister and her family tomorrow because they're going to come over here. Yeah. They, it's one of those things where the rules are kind of, it's, it's very confusing. And, uh, my sister and my mom are very much like need to find out the exact wording to make sure they (laughs) follow it exactly kind of thing. So that's been kind of, uh, I don't know. I want to be like relax a bit kind of thing. I know. I know yeah. why you don't want to, but it's just a, yeah. it's like, you got to think that like at the end of the day, you have to sort of take a step away from the rules and go, what are you trying to prevent kind of thing? You don't want to, it's like a statistical health thing. It's not like uh, the rule isn't, isn't the issue. The health is the issue kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I know what you mean about like, I, I was getting frustrated with people staying six feet apart and stuff like that like uh the difference between being indoors and outdoors like the 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 six feet rule is there for your for like a rule of thumb yeah but it's not like if if you're like for example if you're stuck inside and you're right near an air conditioning vent and one person is always downwind of the other it doesn't matter if you're 12 feet away from one another. If they have something, you're probably going to get it. You yeah. know, like the rule is just there to be like, here's here's a decent idea, guys. <laughs> yeah. But you, but it, th- that's not the point. The point isn't like, oh, it's a game to stay six feet away from sure, one another. Sure. You just have yeah. to be smart about, you know, yeah. why the rule is there and how you enforce it. Yeah. And uh, it's already at the point, too, where, see, I, I think in my area, there's a lot of people who are in the United States, they would be MAGA people. They're not because they're in, in Canada, but like uh-huh. they uh, would be like, you know, and I think that they get all the Facebook memes and all that too. And, it's all the uh, same stuff. Basically. And so like when I was at Walmart, like I would say about half of, at least half of the people there are uh, aggressively not participating in the safety culture. Like they, wow. they're they not like, you know, they don't have the masks on. They're not, they're chatting with friends kind of thing, like meeting up. You know, like they see someone they know, they'll just uh, get close to them and just be chatting with them and talking and stuff. And um, 
there's like lines on the everything on the ground is like it's like a map kind of thing in walmart now i don't know i don't know if it's at the aldi there but like here the it's got like a one way kind of thing saying you should only walk this way whatever no, oh yeah and each yeah. aisle is one way yeah. in the other direction yeah no social distancing none of that all the things that they have written down don't relate to anything like there's no it's just there but it's not being you know enforced. Uh, most of the staff don't care at all they don't they don't have wow. any sort of gear on or anything so i don't know it's just one of those things where man the thing is to me is that like it's not like uh so so I know I understand that there's like a scold kind of thing that people want to do where they, they, uh, you know, they want to be like, I'm better than the person not taking it seriously or something that kind of thing. I understand that. I understand that that like people can get carried away with that. For me, I just don't like it because I'm confused about what, like I'm already bad at like social situations. I want to make sure that I'm doing the right thing, you know. Yeah. I, I just get confused about what I'm supposed to be doing then. Like I'm like what I'm like. Are yeah. people going to get mad at me? And I also, it's, <laughs> it's like a funny thing. I'm wearing the mask. Normally, if you're in Walmart, I'm walking around there. I got to put a big smile on when I'm in Walmart, when I'm just walking around because uh, there's always like these, I, I don't know, I guess they're the equivalent of like MAGA people, I would say, like that just seem angry all the time. And they like <laughs> sneer at you and they really? like walk into you and stuff. Like they just, there's just people at Walmart. It's just a weird place. Like there's just, it feels like that at least, right? And uh, so I have to smile wide at them so that they, they, it, it like lowers their defenses or something like that kind of thing where they, they're like, okay, I'm not going to like, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to get, start randomly arguing or something like that. So, yeah. but I've got the mask on. So my yeah. instinct, my instinct as I'm walking around is try trying to smile wide enough that they can tell that I'm smiling <laughs> <laughs> with the mask on kind of thing. And then I go, just paint yeah. one on the mask. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Sure. Yeah. And then I think about it for a bit and I'm like, oh man, that's dumb. That doesn't, that's not, <laughs> that's not solving anything. So anyways, but uh, it's a weird thing. I don't know. I went to, a, I got a burrito the other day and I ordered like the, it was like, the way that it works here now is that you order it on your phone and then we uh -huh. bring it to your car. So I ordered it Oh, on like phone. car hop service type yeah. thing? So that's what okay. they were kind of doing because so that you don't have to go into the store. Yeah. And uh, I, so I got there and we had parked and just were waiting for them to bring it out. And uh, it, it had already, it, 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 I was just being silly because everyone was going in and ordering in. Like it's not, they have like, that's uh, like an extra service, but like. Most people are just like going in without a mask and doesn't, there's no, wow. there's no thing. So I just get, it's, for me, it's more almost like, I don't know. It's a very, it's a very strange, uneven thing. And I said this before, I said this, like when we were first uh, talking about this kind of stuff, even I remember that like there, it, we're in this situation now where like, uh, so many people are not taking it seriously at all in a kind yeah. of a flippant way that it makes me confused about how to be careful myself kind of thing or something like that. Yeah. You know, of course. So anyways, I, I know a lot of people have said this, so it's not anything new, but I really did not imagine that this would become such a retarded partisan issue. Yeah. Like I, I really just didn't anticipate that. Like it's, it's almost like the same attitude of like, um, anti-vaxxers just writ large and becoming totally mainstream. I, I don't understand what people feel like they have to gain from being like playing fast and loose with 
like a serious respiratory virus. I, I don't yeah. know. I, I'm really scared of infecting my parents. Um, yeah. And they are more cavalier than I am, you know? Sure. Like yeah. they're just like, oh, whatever, we'll, you know, take off our masks. It's okay. And I'm just like, well, what would happen? Like what would happen if I got you sick? I don't know. It's it's pretty terrible. I, I mean, I've been looking a little bit at the um, – new infection rates uh, across the country. What is it like near you, Donald? Yeah, so we're on a downward trend. We're not that bad right now. Um, I think good. it's because, uh, you know, I don't like Doug Ford at all, like our our uh, yeah. premier, but he uh, has been pretty good about this. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, if you listen to partisan people here, you're going to hear them rail on the reasons that he screwed up and stuff, but... It's it's just been nice to to see him in public, because uh, he sounds like he does sound like a little kid that got in trouble or something kind of thing. Like he, <laughs> he comes out and he's like, he just he seems so like punished Doug or something. He just he just he's like he just kind of sits there and he just kind of goes, well, you know, we're gonna keep doing this for another week. And he just he has this like tone of voice where he feels like you look like he just seems like the. He screwed up huge, and now he's just dealing with the consequences. It's like at some level, he thinks that he's the one that caused the virus, and uh, <laughs> I I vastly prefer that to someone like Trump. Yeah. Kind of thing. So yeah, uh, and he's, you know, or even like someone like Cuomo or something. You know, like all the kind of liberal bluster or something. Like it's just nice to see a, a right wing guy be like, "Oh man, I screwed up on this one" or something. I don't know. <laughs> so I don't mind that. Yeah, and it so that kind of undermines some of the sort of bozo stuff here because uh he's been pretty good about following the rules i think and all that kind of stuff well i mean like mm. in theory kind of things so yeah but i mean his actual policies for fixing things and like helping poor people and stuff are going to be terrible but like you know at least uh at least it's not like a governor in the u.s where they're like go back to work now kind of thing you know whatever so <laughs> yeah. yeah oh boy <laughs> yeah it's gonna so, be a weird summer, you know. Yeah, we were last summer. We were going to the pool like every day, pretty much, right? Like, yeah, every day that we could. And uh, you know, that's, I'm gonna miss doing that because that's obviously closed, and I don't think that's gonna open up. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's. I think that's why I'm like so gung ho into cycling now because it's something that I can do to stay outside and active, but not be like like in the direct vicinity of tons of people you know yeah that so, bike has it, been really nice i mean you've been picking up the csa stuff with it and, <laughs> and yeah. groceries yeah it's been good for you too <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah we should, it's, it's nice we should check in on that you said you know we talked about the csa the last time you were on here oh and, that's true uh, yeah and uh, so how how is it working out so far it's great. Yeah, we've we've had uh, just a couple weeks so far, but uh, it's awesome. <laughs> I love it. I'm really happy. Great. Um, it's it's uh, at this point in the season, it's mostly greens um, and some herbs and uh, little young root vegetables like radishes and tiny salad turnips and stuff like that. And uh, it's it's been cool. It's been kind of like a a challenge to get through like okay i know i have this much and i have a week 
until the next one. So I have to make everything here, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so then it kind of gives you a little theme to go off of each meal. Like tonight I used the bok choy, the Thai basil, and the spinach from our hall in like a Thai style uh, salad with ground turkey and mung bean sprouts and like a fish sauce lime juice kind of dressing with mm -hmm. like uh, thinly sliced shallots and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, every, it's just like cool because like every day I, I it's a it's like the challenge to use some of it you know, and eventually get through it. And it's really tasty. <laughs> I It's really, really, it's like really good quality, really tasty. And I, it's just kind of cool to me. Like sometimes I just sit there and think about the fact that there was no distribution chain, that it was just grown like in our neighborhood. And then we got it that, I don't know. That's cool to me. It, is, yeah, it, is cool, <laughs> it makes yeah. me happy. Um, and, uh, each week they send out like, here's what you got and here's some pictures of it and here's maybe some recipes that are helpful. So it's nice to be engaged with them too, like talking with the people who run it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, very yeah, like so reasonable amounts of each thing too, which is yeah, nice. Yeah, that's like, true. It's, it's yeah. not any weird proportions. Like you don't have like half of it being bok choy or something. Like, you know, you have like a, a little bit of everything and it's been pretty yeah. easy, I think, to get through the uh the whole shipment in a week so it's not like there's a lot of waste or anything at all so yeah Great. so far no waste yeah yeah so, so that's good uh, i've been kind of on the opposite end of this kind of thing in the last week because uh um you know we, we've been trying to get out more of the house and stuff and just going into town um and uh so i've eaten a lot of fast food so <laughs> i don't know but it's ah. been good uh in in <laughs> the thing that like i haven't had much in like three months so that yeah. Like yeah. getting like uh, that salty McDonald's is, is uh, you know, it's a. Uh, it's, it's actually nice. like a, a treat. Yeah, it, that's that. Yeah. So, but, you know, I got to get into the swing of things or whatever. So it's hard. It's also hard because, uh, I mean, I find this generally, but I, uh, I feel like uh, if I'm not buying, like my dad has been going in the mornings sometimes to get like do the, he was doing that for about two months to do like the you know once a week or something to get the food for the house uh -huh. and uh when i do that i don't like really putting down too much stuff to get because i kind of be like well he has to kind of like look around and find for it and all that kind of stuff i don't want to make it a hassle kind of thing so uh -huh. i just like put a few things whatever right but um if i'm not buying for myself then i'm not going to be cooking for myself and the kind of things that you know, d no variety really, right? Like they're not like if I'm not buying tofu for myself, then I'm not going to be buying making tofu stir fry or something like that kind of thing. So that's that. That's I don't know. I just uh, I'll have to kind of adjust to that because you know, as I said, when I go into Walmart, it's not that myself and try to buy stuff. It's not that conducive to wanting to shop right now. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, even just like the browsing, it, it's yeah. You know, I, I'm just accustomed to doing that. Like that's kind of like. Uh, I, I'm not like a like a nincompoop while I'm shopping. Sure. And it, it takes like two bit, hours or whatever. Shush. <laughs> no, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good at it. But I but I do I do like to go through like the whole store to see if there's anything new. Um, and 
yeah, it's just not a, not a good tactic anymore. No, no. Not these days. So, yeah. Um, that, that reminded me, that jogged my memory of like uh, a thing that I think that uh, um, like Zoomers might, you know, maybe don't have much of a memory of uh, is spending like two hours in a blockbuster or something. or like my friends and i would go to like a video store and just uh be like look through every movie that was there and be like which one are we gonna rent and then uh and then sometimes even going in for like an hour and then leaving without something because we didn't (laughs) care and uh i don't know yeah for the zoomers who are listening it's basically like when you open up netflix and you're not sure what to watch and you just scroll through everything and you end up not watching anything it's it's like that but you go to a store but at the store, you also make fun of everything as you see it because you're, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, you're like, a, I don't know. I, I saw the movie poster for um, this movie Prelude to a Kiss today, mm-hmm. and it just reminded me of that era that you're talking about where I was familiar with all of the covers of tons and tons of movies that I have sure. no interest in, but I still remember the covers. Like if I see them to this day, just because yeah. of like, you know, standing around in a blockbuster. Yeah. Yeah. I also, there's probably like a five year period or something where I just saw almost every movie that came out and mm. uh, even ones that were like just terrible. And I don't even know how I would have saw, seen them. I think that like, Either someone else rented them or they were just on TV or something. I don't know. But like, uh, so if you, if I look through like uh, Netflix or something and it's a movie from like the year 2000 or something, there's like a 95% chance I've seen it. If it's a movie <laughs> from like 2010, there's like a 10% chance maybe or like a 2% chance. <laughs> I don't know. So That's funny. I don't know. I, I, I'd be kind of a, in a weird mood on that kind of stuff I got. I got mad about that. Did you see that whole thing about like uh, um, Gone with the Wind, how they took Gone with the Wind down and they're going to put like a <laughs> no. preamble for it? No. So, so HBO Max, I guess, had Gone with the Wind on there and someone said like, you know, that How dare really, you do that yeah. in this day and age kind of thing? Yeah. And so they're like, okay, we'll take it down and we'll put like a little intro to it that says like, hey guys, just so you know, like these people were racist or whatever. And... Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, and I guess like there was like some people that were like, you know, being like, you know, it, it just caused one of those cultural war things online where some people were like, uh. they're afraid of a movie. And then the other people are like, if you care about this at all, you're stupid or whatever and stuff like that. And, <laughs> and uh, to me, it, it caused me like to have like a visceral reaction about like wanting, if not physical media, then at least like just collecting movies on hard drives or something again. So they don't have to yeah. deal with any of that kind of stuff and just not pay. Yeah. HBO you can just watch your people. racist movies in peace. I hear you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. Because it is, it is one of those things where it's like, I don't know. It reminds me of like when Louis C.K. got in trouble and then they pulled a lot of his stuff for a bit. And um, I don't know. I I I don't like that because it's it's just uh, it feels like it feels like a like lightning storms of just craziness or something that just hit and then stuff that i might want to watch theoretically disappears or whatever i'm glad that they haven't done it to like woody allen movies or whatever but like ah. i don't know so they're gonna put all that stuff back out there under like canceled editions and yeah <laughs> you know. that's yeah. probably true it's true but it's like yeah i don't know it just it, it, it makes me viscerally angry and not even for like good reasons it's just like you know i just get annoyed by 
I don't know, priorities and stuff. So, yeah. 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 Um, you were telling us earlier that you're watching a TV show called Alone, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I started just just yesterday. I watched the first uh, two or three, I think three episodes. Yeah, it's a it's a reality show of like wilderness survival. Um, and there's there's six seasons of it. And these are the first episodes that I've watched. So I'm sure there are people who are much more familiar with it than I am. But um, I started watching it because uh, some of my friends or like one of my friends was watching it and um was saying that it was very funny and so a couple other people started watching it and were like yeah this is hilarious and then I put it on and I was like you guys are soulless monsters I don't know why you're laughing at these people like in like what I don't know it's very strange like I can understand kind of about why some of it is funny but it's like a guy like falling and breaking his knee like that's I yeah. <laughs> I don't know like like stranded alone in like the subarctic wilderness I don't know it it just isn't like haha funny to me um, yeah how but, close are yeah how close are they the like the crew and I guess it doesn't really matter but like how how close are they like the the producers um, I can't tell because of editing but I would say they're probably like a half hour away okay, would be okay. my guess I'm not really sure. They might. So the way it works is each contestant goes into. Uh, I, I guess each season features a particular location, and this season six is uh, on the Great Slave Lake in Canada. Which which province is that in? Is that? Um, it's in a federal territory. It's like a territory oh, okay. called Northwest Territories. So, oh, yeah. it's in the Northwest Territories. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's like seventy miles south of the Arctic Circle. And um, each contestant, there are 10, has their own like little zone. They're all dropped off in um, their own area where they stay. They're like base of operations. So it's not a collaborative show. Like it's just each person on their own and the last person out there wins. And they all are like, you know, like they all have their own like particular skill set like some of them might be hunters some of them might be more like knowing all of the plant species in the area or something like that yeah um some of them might just be like like a fair number of them are, are like ex-military and mm-hmm. like any sort of like survival type you know uh specialties yeah so then they go out there and they i think they're allowed to take 10 items with them and then they also have to carry all their camera gear around to film themselves as they're doing this. And then mm-hmm. they have a little walkie-talkie that can communicate with the show's team nearby. So if they ever are in particular duress, they just say, okay, I'm tapping out. And then they come and pick them up and that's that's the end of their stint on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, it's very beautiful where where they are but it's going to be winter soon like they dropped them off i think in like late july and snow can start in august there um august or like september so yeah they've got like moose musk oxen rabbits or actually i think they're hares up there um lynx um trout 
uh, wolves. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of cool critters. But uh, I was telling Tom earlier today. It sometimes when you watch stuff like that, it makes you think like, "Wow, I I love my creature comforts." Like you know, I'm glad to be here on my couch watching this. You know yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. Um, but it it the way that it was affecting me was. Uh, making me so glad for other people because uh, it just showed how like miserable it is to be actually alone Um, like when you in in like a survival situation because everyone one thing and they're out like if you even had one other person there you you could be like you know I'm throwing up right now. Can you process this fish that I caught? <laughs> and the other yeah. person can help you out. You know, like just like that idea of uh, community and, and doing things collaboratively together, uh, uh, combining your efforts. It just made me so appreciative to like <laughs> be able to take advantage of so many things that like multiple people have built and that I yeah. can be around multiple people. Sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. It made me very grateful for a community. I like this one woman was making a little trap and uh she stabbed herself in the hand and it's like, okay, well, I guess that's, you know, 3 days down the tube. Just can't do anything anymore <laughs> until this yeah. heals up. You know, like it's just miserable. I it just made me very appreciative to to, you know, to have people around and to to uh, take advantage of systems that that people have built and that are kind of you know continuing on even if the people aren't around to uh, to keep their hands on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's funny. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know if I would recommend the show, but uh, if you if you like that kind of thing, <laughs> I guess it's pretty yeah. good so far. I don't know. I like the way that you've sold it, though. I mean, I like the the, the idea of like, uh, um, you know, this uh, the systems and stuff, and that especially because I have been having fantasies recently of like just getting a house in the middle of nowhere or something and just living out mm-hmm. there. And uh, yeah, I do I do think that it doesn't sound like a great idea um, when put in those terms, kind of thing or something like that. <laughs> like, I'd have to have some sort of teamwork there at least. So yeah, maybe if I had yeah. like a wife with me or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing. Like, even if it's a, even if it's just a few people that is so much better, like two people is like 10 times as good as one person. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, exponential like that. Like you can do the, the more people, uh, the more you can do, but you, you know, to cover your bases, if you're not worried about like things like income or something like that, if you're actually just worried about like living, like life, uh, like surviving, then, you know, five people, 10 people, you could probably do it, you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And it, it just made me think of like things that, you know, like putting up like, like food preservation, like, um, raising enough food that you can preserve it and then doing the act of preservation and then slowly going through those stores as like the, as the winter goes on, just like stuff like that being like, wow, I can't believe we like figured out, you know, (laughs) when every year to do this and how often to do it. And like when you need to prepare, like, I don't know. That's so cool that people have figured that out. Yeah. Um, So what I'm saying is Donald, Tom, commune. (laughs) Yeah. 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 
as soon as you find your wife, sure, she's got to be cool with it too. But yeah, there we go. We got our we got our first four people. We'll sure. move to the <laughs> Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. And- <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It'll set up. Well, I mean, here it's in, it's interesting because uh, it gets pretty quickly to being like wilderness here after, uh, you know, not that far from me kind of thing, like maybe an hour yeah. or two. Um, I'm already in sort of a lightly populated area, but like uh, right. compared to say like, you know, most of uh, Southern Ontario, but like mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of interesting because, you know, I was saying to you earlier that like, it's it's uh, actually quite expensive to live up there, like in, in the northern areas, right. or whatever, um, because of all the everything is shipped out there, and you, to get like a expert, you know, to get like a plumber, something you have to like fly someone in or something, and all that kind of stuff. And, oh man! And uh, I guess like uh, so, but the the thing is though is that so in the Toronto area, um, the the prices are just insane. Like just so it's like you know here like it's still insane because people use it as like a place of stashing money and all that kind of thing. Right. So, and, uh, long-term investment and all that. Um, and so it's kind of an interesting kind of thing where, where I live particularly, it's not, it's not really great for prices because it still has that kind of like, you know, it still kind of tapers off from the Toronto region kind of thing. Like, because Mm -hmm. if prices were too low here, people would just invest in them as like a, you know, eventually maybe it'll get built out into this area. So it's kind of, it's annoying for like looking at rental prices and all that because it's just like, you know, you're competing against money from like Russian barons or something like that kind of thing, you know, yeah. like whatever. So, yeah. um, but you know, there's places in Southern Ontario, like Southwestern Ontario where, uh, it, it, it gets more like kind of like small town Ohio or something where, uh, there's a lot of like drug addiction and all that kind of stuff. Like it's not, uh. It's that kind of cheap housing kind of thing, you know, like it's not like, it's not necessarily that. But then when you get up into uh, more northern Canada, um, it tends to be more like uh, northern kinds of poverty kind of thing, like uh, a lot of indigenous poverty and stuff like that. So, and um, that's like a big part of our, I think I've mentioned this before, but it's like a, it's like a big part of our like national conversation, whatever in Canada now, Um, Uh it's all this like indigenous poverty stuff. And, um, I think it's like that too in Australia. Um, that's become like a big central sort of left issue or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. in the States, I think there's like an inkling of that, but it's still, it's, it's, it is actually kind of funny because there's like a, to me, like to read a lot of this stuff online because, uh, there's like an uneven, uh, thing where, well, it's like an uneven sort of, uh, level of education about this kind of stuff because people still... Make oh, a just lot like of jokes in terms of awareness? That. Yeah, like a lot of Americans make a lot of jokes about how stupid it is to worry too much about indigenous issues and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. in a way that you would never say in Canada kind of thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's like a it's like a thing. Although I have to say that like I I did feel a pang of that the other day when I saw I saw a model on Instagram. Um as, you know, I enjoy looking at uh she <laughs> um she said that uh she had like a photo shoot um, and she, she opened it up by saying like, uh, um, you know, these pictures were taken on, uh, and then she had like the names of the tribes land, whatever. Uh-huh. And I was like, that's not, 
you don't have to put that. I don't know. Like that's not, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like it's kind of, it was like a, <laughs> it was kind of like a weird, I don't know. To me, that was like a strange instance of that kind of thing. I don't know. That's being a so weird it, kind it, of, Like yeah. it didn't have anything to do with the shoot or like it wasn't in like a, like, it, is it just this, the same kind of thing where uh, someone puts in their Twitter bio, like occupied blah, blah land or something like that? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm trying to say that like, that makes more sense to me than the model doing it kind of thing. Like, cause I, 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 it's just, it's something that comes up a lot. So you just see it a lot kind of thing. Uh, here, like uh, in terms of, uh, people just talk about it more, I think maybe at some level, or at least people in my, the people that I see yeah. area kind of thing. Um, and, uh, so that kind of makes sense to me, but like doing it to the point where you're like, this photo shoot was taken on this land or whatever. It's like, okay, well, I don't know. I don't know if that's central to your bikini shots, whatever. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. It I it would be nice to have that conversation be a little bit more central in the U.S. Honestly, because it I I don't know if if this if you guys can like connect to this at all. But when I was growing up in the '90s, um, there was a sort of like just like a little pop culture undercurrent of like Native American stuff uh, that was like kind of cool, like mystical stuff or like, you know, someone might decorate their home with like Navajo patterns or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and there, there was kind of a sense of this having been like, well, now we're cool. Like we, we, we recognize that, that, um, that there were atrocities committed in the past which were very distinct from, and uh, and and now it's just like we're cool, right? Like we can yeah. just like put up a dream catcher and like that's that's cool. We're appreciating your culture, right? Uh, Kachina doll or whatever, and um, that's kind of how I like grew up, I guess. Like just considering it that way, like wow, the the you know they had these cool cultures that got decimated and. Uh, it's very sad that that happened, but, um, like now I get to learn about it. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, and then I remember my family took a, uh, a road trip out West, um, and we went to the four corner states, states. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Utah, Colorado, Arizona, and New Mexico. Yeah. And, um, part of it was driving through, um, a reservation and I had never seen poverty, anything like that. I still haven't, I don't think, and anywhere that I've ever been. I've never seen anything that, like, I was crying, like, just yeah. driving through it. It was, sh I, shameful doesn't even express it. I could yeah. not believe, because people still are in that situation. They're still sure. there. It's like, it's not a, a, a relic yeah. of the past. And, um something that you see nowadays is like you know I, the gall that it of like pretending that like we're cool now and this is over you can clearly see you know like the the modern form of i don't i don't want to call it colonialism i guess because that seems a little bit wrong but anytime and this is especially true in canada anytime there's an indigenous group um protesting anything like mining or oil pipeline or something like that on their land, you want to see 
that stuff still in action today? Like, look at how the police and military in the U.S. respond to those people. Yeah. Like, yeah. complete brutality. Like, sure. there's there's none of that, like, warm, fuzzy, uh, let's decorate my house type stuff going on there. It's it like we're, like, still ready to kill them, you know? Yeah. It's, so it would be nice to have that uh, a little bit more honest and at the forefront of the American conversation because they're still here. <laughs> like it's not history, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, it's different from how it is in Canada. I know, but it, it would be cool to have that be part of the conversation at the same time, maybe, you know, the fact that it's part of the conversation, as you were mentioning in Canada and like you also mentioned, Australia shows how, uh, not, consequential it is to have something as part of the conversation because the situation on the ground maybe is not really changed that much by talking about it like sure. the same terrible things are happening in canada as in the u.s in a lot of ca in a lot of cases you know yeah although i do think that like uh, there is a shift within at least the discourse of the broad left yeah i guess like that uh, i don't know i think that it, it's 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 very strange because uh, you know, like the, the you can take the settler colonial stuff too far, and it gets kind of strange and weird when I think it goes too far. But uh, at a very basic level, you do have a lot of communities in Canada where these kind of fights are quite quite open. It's not like uh, yeah, it's not like uh, it's it's similar to say the racist things in the states with the police and that. It's very very similar yeah. in terms of like you seeing like you know because. It, it comes up constantly in terms of rights claims on resources mm. and, and yeah, that um, makes sense. you know, the courts have actually, it's interesting because our Supreme Court has been, uh, it, it, it's, it's been pushing quite a lot towards the idea that like you need to have deep actual consultations and sort of like defer to sovereignty of uh, local uh, nations and stuff like that and kind of you know going into a lot of it's been pushing in that direction but there is still a sort of um, basic right that the government claims and that the courts kind of back up which that like at the end of the day the government can do what yeah. it wants to do kind of thing yep, right? so, exactly. yeah exactly so that that sort of basic claim has become uh, uh, it's become like a flashpoint because it's 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 so central to like liberal ideas of the state that you can't really get beyond it if you want to have a functioning capitalist economy. You just can't do it because like say they're trying to build a pipeline from Alberta to BC into the ocean. They, uh, you can't do that if uh, a local uh, tribe can veto that, right? Like you just can't do it because they'll just veto it, whatever, right? So... Um, they have to have at some level some reserve power where they can say, okay, at the end of the day, we're allowed to just push through whatever, whatever you want kind of thing. And yeah, that's, uh, it's been interesting because, uh, it's, it's also, it's not, it's, uh, it's, it's difficult because of like the theoretical level, even because the, the closer you get to the ground of like actual things is that it doesn't fit into any sort of simple ideological framework. Like it's not like, uh, like say, one of the main people that were uh, protesting the pipeline um, were a group of hereditary chiefs. So there is like a band council that's elected, and that elected council, I believe, 
um, was sympathetic to the project uh, of pushing through this pipeline and stuff like that. So, uh, but the hereditary chiefs said that we have, you know, our within our tradition, we're the ones that have uh, say on defending this land or whatever and stuff like that. Uh-huh. So that kind of causes a double problem for the liberal state in some ways because uh, it can't it can't accept hereditary power number one really, uh. and it can't. Uh, uh, but you know, so what level of pluralism are you allowed to right. accept? Kind of thing, right? Are you yeah, saying that yeah. not only because that's not even just self government? That's self government plus a totally different form of government, really, right? Uh. So, um, you know, like in the states, they have a thing in the constitution that says that the republican form of government will be guaranteed to be part of the United States. You can't have you know, states that have dictatorships or whatever and stuff like that. You have to have the same base right. model, right? But it's the same kind of thing really in a liberal state. You can't have you couldn't have like a monarchy uh, you know, somewhere within I mean, you know, within the monarchy or something. You have to have the same kind of system. So, I don't know, that's yeah. kind of a it's interesting to me because uh you know, the left has been very quick to defend the hereditary chiefs and kind of go, uh, you know, we, because they're standing in the way of the project, but it's also like, okay, well, what, how far are you willing to go with that or whatever? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It kind of gets in the way of the Emirate plan, doesn't it? We need to yeah, yeah. figure yeah. out how that will work. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, what What is like a, what's like the, is there, is there like a equivalence that people used like in the past? I feel like uh, like like if you're writing a history text in like 1700, would you call them emirates or like is it like prince or what is the like what well, is the term? Im- if I guess usually the leader of an emirate would be an emir, and emir just means like it means commander, so it can also be like an emir can be a military leader. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that he is that the leader of an emirate is. A militarist it's not a militaristic state sure. necessarily it just sort of has that meaning um a lot of the terms are sort of inner you know exchangeable like sultan that's derived from um i don't know the exact etymology but it has to do with like authority um i don't know what the other ones would be i can't think of them right now but yeah, they don't, they don't necessarily have uh, specific meanings that I'm aware of. Maybe I'm okay. wrong about that, but I think different polities have, you know, they just have a certain title and and they're constructed in different ways and stuff. So, and are emirs like elected? How does that, or is it like a hereditary always, or is it like, uh, is there some sort of? Um, I, most often, those were hereditary okay. positions, I think, but not always. I, I I don't think there were a lot of elected leaders in that sense mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily always sometimes it's by like a chosen successor it's not necessarily hereditary like that that sure. could be the case too so yeah um one thing about the emir stuff that i was thinking about the other day is uh i don't know i feel like uh it's almost like you have to run back time and think of like how low the population was in some of these places and stuff yeah. and like uh Think of like uh, the equivalent today of what that would mean, like of like a, and it's kind of funny because it's it's humbling in a way, looking at the past and being like, you know, oh that guy had you know it was one of the greatest kings in history or whatever, and he had like 
200,000 people under his control or something <laughs> right. like that. Just, right, like, right. just basically he was just a mayor that people wrote a lot about or something. So <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's not like a big deal. Or even like, you know, uh, and also I think like time scale. I think it's another thing that like, sure. like I read something that like to go from, I think it was like something like from Philadelphia to I guess like South Carolina or something. I don't know, something like that. It was like two weeks or something by of like uh, travel, like just, you know, walking around or whatever, doing like stuff. It just took a long time apparently uh, just to get anywhere uh, during like the founding of the, like in 1776 or something like that kind of thing. Like around that, apparently it was like a really slow process just doing anything. So I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So it's like when you're reading about these things, it's like these events happen and it's like, yeah, it's just, it, it was like a very slow process always. And also like, uh, small numbers of people. So it's almost like, you know, that's maybe one reason why history feels like it, it telescopes in some ways kind of thing. Cause it's just <laughs> like, I don't know. But uh, I think about that with court intrigues too, sometimes yeah. where like different States not having instantaneous access to one another digitally, like how, how long it would take for like someone to like, it could take like three weeks for someone to know that he had been betrayed or something sure. like that. You yeah, know? yeah. Yeah. It's such a strange uh, stretching of time yeah or like from the perspective of a peasant or something not knowing mm -hmm. who the king was for years and stuff and you know, <laughs> yeah yeah i, I just yeah. think about that quite a bit like how yeah. how distant and removed from your just your whole life the politics and stuff might be unless it involves a, a war that specifically impacts your yeah. town mm -hmm. or something like that you might not sure. know or care or anything like Who's the king now? Oh, whatever. Is you know they the tax collector comes around once a year. <laughs> right. You right. tell him to screw off, and, and then they're like, sure. oh, well, okay. <laughs> See yeah. you next oh, year. Oh, is that how easy it was, Tom? A lot of times, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, it, yeah. It's it takes a lot of resources. Like you know, you have to wait. Like, is it worth it to go in there with like a bunch of troops and pay them to? And like, how much am I getting out of this? You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think that. The more that I think about it, too, is that, like, uh, that's why I think that monarchy and all that kind of stuff made sense for a lot of human history. I think that, like, I think that, like, a lot of the smart, educated people, you know, like, for their time, whatever, if they were, like, eccentric thinkers and all that kind of stuff, I think that they probably thought, like, a Republican form of government or something like that, or, like, you know, some sort of collective rule was possibly ideal or something like that if they weren't like you know if they were sort of progressive thinking or whatever i think that was still probably on their minds in some ways like thinking of the roman republic as an ideal or whatever and greek democracy mm -hmm. as an ideal but like it really does if you're thinking about these kingdoms and like what the government had to do and all that kind of stuff it makes sense that like the average person probably thought of ruling as or like average educate, educated person thought of ruling as a skill and not like uh it wasn't really so much a debate as it was there's a smart thing to do in most situations kind of thing right and uh, i think that changes the way that uh you think of um the state in a lot of ways because uh i, I feel like we're in a strange in-between period where it hasn't been reduced to a technique yet kind of thing it's it's more kind of like uh we're not really sure what we should be doing a lot of the time there's like a lot of like debates over what should be happening and, you know, whether or not you should go to war with this person or that person and all that kind of stuff. I think those kind of debates probably happen, but a lot of them were probably very, very 
you know, straightforward to people. Like it was like, you know, if you heard of something, you know, oh, the barbarians are attacking. Okay, you got to go do what you do when barbarians attack or whatever. Kind of, you know, like I don't think that there was this uh, same confusion or something, especially with religion and think a lot of the time for like hundreds of years, probably most of the basic religious stuff just seemed straightforward or something for a lot of places kind of thing. It wasn't like uh huge, I mean like theological debates happened and were important, but a lot of the time I think that like there was long periods where it just wasn't, you know, it wasn't in question in the same way that it would be now or something. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think the state now occupies, it just has a lot more control over so much of life that it matters like what they do and mm-hmm. um yeah like it does I, I agree with you it does seem like we're kind of in a transition from okay now the state has more ability to just make things happen and so wh- whoever is in charge that like the way that that is structured the leadership is structured that matters a lot more like whether it's a single person or has more like collective response uh, accountability and that kind of thing. But yeah, like at a certain point, hopefully we get, we get to a place where it's just sort of like obvious what you need to do. Like it, for example, like with climate and environmental policies and stuff, you know, that's not going to be a matter of opinion and politics as such, like in the sense of like, you know, my ideology says this versus the other ideology says that it'll just be like, well, this is what you do because that's what makes sense. And then the, uh, the leadership will be, you know, back in, in the position of just like making it more of like a management kind of decisions. Like, okay, how do I make sure that this runs smoothly instead of like trying to guide this ship, you know? Yeah. But don't you, don't you think that the way things are going now where it's becoming more and more ideological, even in the face of um, like physical necessities and like realities that, like I don't know if it'll ever become what you're talking about, Tom, because at least like the world now doesn't make it seem like it could be. Yeah, I, I I'm not way. saying that it would. I'm just saying hopefully. Oh, that's oh, that's like an ideal trajectory, but I, who knows? For me, I think that it's just teaching me some of the, you know, some of the virtues of leadership or something kind of thing. Like what what mm. is good about being able to be a good ruler or a good thing in a way that like. Uh, I feel like a lot of sort of more simplistic Marxist views of history, uh, when you read things in the past, you just can't relate to them, uh, except in class struggle terms or something like that kind of thing. You can't read about, uh, um, you know, a king or something uh, without being, you know, you can't you can't look at their virtues or something or like what there was interesting about them or whether or not they made good decisions without just kind of turning it into, oh, well, he was lining up the you know, rural rabble or whatever kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like, uh, yeah. it just becomes too simplistic. And I don't know. I think that, I think that it also, once you learn that kind of thing, it ma- it makes it easier to understand how a lot of middle-class people view politics um, already because they, like, they do care, especially like writers and stuff. I think like the opinion writer kind of people and stuff a lot of the time, they do care about like experience governing and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Like, it's not just a matter of, creating a new list of good things to do kind of thing it's also like they want people who you know now the the problem is that they're also often very cynical and stupid about that like it's not like they're not actually looking for those kind of things but you know i was thinking about this the other day when i was saying this to you 
talking about like a green party person here who seems like a nice person. Um, but you know, do I think that she would be ready to be prime minister next week or something like that? No, you know, like I don't, and it's like, does that matter to me at some level? And I go, you know, now that I'm getting older, I think that maybe it does because it's like, if a person doesn't have some level of experience and whatever, then it's like, you know, that they're going to get easily fooled or easily screwed up in some problem or something, that kind of thing, you know, like, uh, even someone like Bernie Sanders, I think it's great that he was an outsider and all that kind of thing, but it's like, if he had been a governor or something like that, wouldn't that have been better in some ways? You know, like, you know, mm. not, not necessarily for his project, whatever, but I just mean that like, if, if you had experience from the other side, like if you had experience, uh, you know, it's like a paradox, but it's like one of those things where it's like, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, that kind of stuff is, is mattering to me more and not from like a more conservative view kind of thing, really more. It's just right. that like, it's like, uh, there is there is some sort of problem there. It's like there's yeah. a type of leadership which is just opposition, which doesn't necessarily teach you about leadership uh, that's constructive or something. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I you know, Trump hasn't been too bad, and he didn't have any political experience. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. I, I think he's been pretty bad, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyways, how about we get into some questions because we uh, we've already uh, had a nice chat. So, sure, yeah, we we're always gonna have a big pile to get through, but we will try to pick some of the good ones here. Uh, let's see. All right, so first question here: As the world's biggest socialist democracy, why isn't India doing more to spread the revolution? Maybe they could link up with known socialist Emmanuel Macron to do some good. So, uh, yeah, so this, this, uh, this is because one of the things that I like about India that I think is funny, um, is that in their constitution, it says it has like a clause in their preamble or something where it says something like, uh, India is a democratic socialist country or something. Like it says, it actually does say like a democratic free, whatever, uh, socialist country. And I always like that because, uh, it still says it now, I think. Like, I think it's still there today. Um, uh, it was put there by Nehru, I guess, right? And um, and uh, it's funny to me because it's one of those things where uh, socialists, you know, point to China as having a socialist constitution. And the reason why is because it says in the constitution we're socialists, whatever. So I always say that, like, <laughs> is Modi a socialist then? Because the Indian constitution says that they're socialists, whatever. Um, so anyways, that's what that is from. But then... Um, and then, uh, Macron, someone told me that, I, I, uh, Jacobin's, uh, um, Europe writer, basically one of their main Europe guys, I guess, David Broder, he was saying that like, I was wrong about this apparently, but like, uh, um, Macron used to be, I think socialist many years ago. Um, but he was, uh, he, apparently he was never elected and was one maybe, I don't know. Um, anyways, but yeah, I always think it's funny that like, uh, um, you know, I don't know. It's just one of those things where you, you can, I had this idea once where like you could make a map of the world. It's a lot, it's less relevant now because the right wing has been making all these gains everywhere, but uh, you could make a map of the world and say what, what countries or regions, you know, you could just even have like state level governments or something are currently under control of someone that claims to be socialist in some way. And that would be like China, India, 
um, Mexico, you know, if it was pre at the time, whatever. I guess it's still Mexico would still be, but uh, um, Brazil with Lula and uh, Dilma, whatever it was, uh, you know, the Workers' Party and stuff. They were socialist, I guess. Um, uh, France was uh, Francois Hollande, whatever at the time. Um, so he was a socialist party, so that France is socialist. Um, you know, stuff like that. You could just kind of go through all the different countries and uh and it's because it became one of those like hurrah word things right where everyone called themselves socialist and uh, it meant nothing at a certain point and uh, i don't know i always find that funny i think that's like a very basic internet thing to if you can't wrap your mind around that i think then like you're gonna have a bad time online or something because you'll, be, <laughs> you'll be like i don't know talking about how cambodia is still socialist or whatever so Yep. Been a baby Finland slash get fiscal lurker for at least 11 years now. Keep up fighting the good fight of trolling mods. You got Aww, it. That's very sweet. Thank you. We're going to do this till we die, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I was going to say I was going to say that we'll we'll probably get canceled at some point, but then I was like, yeah, we'll probably just keep doing it. <laughs> we'll have like 20 listeners or something and be like, so did you, I don't know, going to be in prison to allow us to, to do the thing. Like, I don't know. He'll smuggle out your tape boy or your talk boys to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I always think of that one. Someone once said to me that, like, I think I said something on the podcast or something about, like, uh oh, I'm going to get canceled for this or something. And someone said, like, Tom worrying, be, Tom being worried about getting canceled is like, the end of uh, Sixth Sense when he realized he's been a ghost for, you know, for the whole movie or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I was thinking about it the other day that, like, uh, so uh, I've gotten over the last year, like, a lot more followers and stuff. And uh, I am certain that, like, that is a temporary thing, I feel like. I feel like within the next year or two, uh, it just, I don't know. I, I feel like anything that goes up must come down. You just, you don't... Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, on the internet, whatever. Unless you just become one of those people who are like, uh, um, like the, you know, well, I was going to, you know, like Chris Dahlia or something. You just, you just have like a, <laughs> a million followers, but then get canceled too much kind of thing. You don't want to do that. You want to plateau and then uh, and slowly fade part of the or something. Background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's a lot of people who just are in that category too. Like, yeah, that's fine. People yeah. don't necessarily remember what exactly made them notable or sure. worth following, but everyone still follows them. Yeah, exactly. Because you see people that have like 100,000 followers and blue checks, and then you look at the interactions on their tweets, and they have like 20 retweets on like a post or something, and it's like, I don't know. That's that's fine. That's my future. So um, yeah. it'll be, uh, it's better than, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I don't know. Getting too into the gamification of that has yeah. always struck me as kind of sad or just like not a good use of someone's uh, care and energy, you know? Yeah. But it is one of those things where it's very strange because uh, it does change your attitude towards uh, or like it changes, uh, um, you know, like there's certain a lot of things now that I just don't post because I know I'll get like every every response field is like complete kind of thing like if i post about say 
I, I don't post about like say I'm going to watch a TV show that has a spoiler in it or something because I'll get like a hundred replies about like spoiling the show and all that. Yeah. Stuff like that. Like that changes, I think. But like, uh, yeah, I don't know. If you go too far with it uh, in the other way, I think, yeah, I don't know. So, yeah. Okay, next question here is Canada's relative sectarian harmony between Catholic Quebec and the Protestant majority attributable in part to President Drake's Jewish beliefs and heritage? I think that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, um, I don't know. I, I had this uh, thing I was doing for a while and it never caught on, but I really still think it's funny. Is this idea that like Drake is the toughest guy in Canada. <laughs> and that like uh, we're all afraid of him and i would post things about like how um he uh you know everyone in toronto just like won't say his name because even saying his name will get you in trouble or whatever and stuff and i don't know i i, I think that uh yeah i also uh yeah with the sectarian stuff i think it's also because everyone just left the protestant churches basically in canada like they just gave up on it um you know, it used to be something like, I think that Canada used to be something like 75%, 25% Protestant. Like, I mean, 75% Protestant, 25% Catholic or something. And now it's like 25% Catholic and 15, you know, like in 20% Protestant or something. You know what I mean? Like all those people just left for like nominal religious kind of thing. They didn't really, I don't know. All the churches are smaller now. So, yeah. Okay, uh, how about this one? Is consuming goods produced in part by slaves, food, clothing, electronics, bad for us, sorry, bad for our souls? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it is too, but it's really tricky to, you know, extract yourself from that when it's like fundamental to the economy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do think that there's sort of like a, if you can extract, like uh, extricate yourself from a lot of that kind of stuff, um, you have to be almost like a superhero kind of thing or something, or like a saint to be able to actually go all the way with it and stuff and do it like cleverly. Um, but I do think that like the opposite is, you know, just mindlessly doing everything is, uh, you have to be careful about, but like it's hard to break that because it's, I feel like you don't even really know that's a part of your life until you know, you give like your, your careful boat or whatever. So, you know. Yeah. I was, I was laughing the other day cause there were these posts that were, uh, that everyone was posting and reposting on Instagram of like these brands that you definitely use. Guess what? They use slave labor. Yeah. Okay. Very productive. But, um, but I, I just was like joking to Tom, like, Oh my gosh, it's so easy to be a saint. Did you know that I was a saint because I just buy everything generic and from the dollar store? Yeah. I didn't know that I was so good. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like that stuff that is definitely <laughs> on the up and up. Fair yeah. trade, exactly. unionized workers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. I kind of, I try to be sympathetic to that kind of thing because I'm like, it's just people trying to figure stuff out. Like I think a lot of the time I don't like, I, I used to be kind of more cynical about it to the point where I was like, well, it's just people trying to shame each other. Um, like trying to be like, I'm the cool one and you're not kind of thing on this kind of stuff. Mm. But like, uh, I do think at some level there's people that are just like, I don't know. Well, I think, I mean, I really do think that like for a lot of people, it's just, uh, 
there's like a panic moment where they feel like they're dislocated and they feel like, like say they like, they think that like racism is somehow, um, like they, they recognize that there's a serious problem in society. They feel panicked that they're contributing in some way. And then they find some temporary solution by say donating a thousand dollars or something like that kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Like there's, mm-hmm. there's that kind of cycle of, uh, I don't know. Like I, I've seen the phrase "open your wallet" so much now online, <laughs> yeah. and uh, um, I don't know. I and don't it's hard. Open to, my wallet, all <laughs> you let all the moths out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's hard to. Yeah, you don't want to be. I don't know. It's like it's it's like you don't want to be. Uh, it's like a you know part of it is at least a good impulse or something. So I don't know. Yeah, no. That I think that it's it's great to have the 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 moral impulse there to be like, hey, that's not good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that. Yeah, obviously, no no complaint sure. about that. It's just it's just one of those things of like pointing something out with no viable solution. Sure. Um, it is worth pointing out because people should know but when i part of it is probably just me being old too because like once i've seen it pointed out eighteen thousand times and there still is no resolution i just kind of like am twiddling my thumbs impatiently you know and and morally too like that's what my heart is doing right (laughs) like (laughs) waiting for a way to live morally it's it gets frustrating you know (laughs) well that's actually yeah that's a really good point though about like the seeing it a bunch of times because uh I think that that's one thing that, especially people in our sort of milieu on Twitter and stuff, um, cliches are like the worst thing you can do a lot of the time. You know what I mean? Mm. Like we're, we uh, get really angry quite quickly at people saying things that seem trite to us because they've been said a million times. Yeah. And uh, that almost becomes in itself a value. And I think that that's, yeah. I think it's yeah. also like where that's, that happens a lot with the, uh, any sort of political thing, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be a left thing or a right thing because I think it works the same way uh, with uh, more conservative takes on things. Like you see, you know, you just see so many different things about like trans issues or something or whatever online that eventually you kind of go, oh, that's trite and you get annoyed at it and just you see people being silly and stuff. And that's just one way of interpreting that. And it doesn't necessarily mean that even at the end of the day, you think that, you know, you don't necessarily, you know, take that side or whatever, be critical of them uh, in different ways. But you're just so used to seeing the same dumb arguments all the time that yeah. uh, it becomes a part of the discourse or something. So I think that happens. with and the, you get, you know, Yeah. I just find that I get burnt out on topics without ever having, like, followed them through. Sure. You know, and that's not a good, yeah, that's not a good place to be in. Yeah. I mean, you want to give people the benefit of the doubt and just, but at the same time, that doesn't mean that you need to go like whole hog, like, you know, crazy about it. Like you can kind of understand that like, yeah, this is a bit silly or kind of pointless or whatever. But at the same time, like appreciate that people for the most part, probably have good intentions and they're not all necessarily doing like that cynical, like scold kind of thing, you know? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, what are y'all opinion of cults? Obviously some cults are not so bad after all, like Falun Gong. Would you consider taking the beliefs of some cults seriously? What the heck? 
Um, uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know. That's a strange example to use. It's just a joke, but yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, 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 no. But yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I think that uh, I I would say that I think that like you know we had an episode that we just did uh, about um, wisdom literature and stuff like that. I think that like if you don't have much of a background in that, or if you don't have much like, uh, um, if you have like maybe a sort of like mal religious upbringing or something kind of thing, like where you were in fundamental Christianity or something where it ended up being feeling like harmful to you or something. Uh, a lot of these like new religions or, um, you know, different things like different, not necessarily even religions, but just like master theorist kind of things where like a guy has all these thoughts or something about something and, uh, you know, sells them to you. Uh, they can be seen, they can seem really compelling because, they are using that kind of basis that exists in religion. And then, uh, you know, like if, if you can kind of re- repeat some of the cliches that are part of our sort of like human heritage or something, uh, you sound like a super genius or something, right? Like you, you sound like to a person that doesn't have that rooting in culture, you sound like you know a huge amount about how things work. And the fact that you kind of have this weird it's like a refracted view of religion or something, right? Like it's like a, um, uh, it's, it's, it's just a, it's, it's a very easy way of, uh, um, you know, and it can be manipulative, but it's also like, uh, it's like a substitute or something. It's like, uh, it fits, uh, something that you're looking for otherwise or something kind of thing, I think. So, yeah, I think that's the, that's the thing that people, I think I have a hard time sometimes getting is because it's not just, you know, if you tell people that it's just stupid or something that they're part of a cult or whatever, um, I don't think that that, you know, they've, because there are a lot of things that the cult probably tells them that is very intelligent. It's just not from the cult. It's from other things. So, you know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You want to provide alternatives. Yeah. But like, yeah, like if you read, I'm sure that like if you read, say L. Ron Hubbard's books or something, uh, I'm sure there's lots of smart stuff spiced throughout it that seem insightful, but it's not like it doesn't come from there. It comes from other places. Right. So it's, uh, that is, I think, confusing to people if they don't have like a cultural background where, you know, they, they can, they can figure that out. So, yeah, it's a, it's a, also a kind of points to the idea that it's good to read a wide variety of things and not just sort of lock in like i like this sort of thinking this is the you know and then just read all the canon from that like kind of ideological tendency or whatever you know you want to read stuff that that is sort of like on the opposite end or stuff that people just dismiss or criticize like read it for yourself and you know people you don't have to agree with everything someone says to like see that oh like this is an intelligent person and I do agree with some of it, but I don't necessarily agree with like the certain conclusions of it or just the the bent that they take, you know, or maybe you just like really strongly disagree with it, but you can still see that like they're intelligently working through something. There's a lot of benefit to that. Like even if you end up just being like, yeah, I don't buy it. it, it it's useful to be able to see that like these are all people with their own like, you know, they're not, it's, it's not like there's just good people who, and they, 
have all the right ideas and they know everything. And then there's the bad people who are wrong about everything and they have only malicious yeah. intent and all that kind of stuff, you know? True. Yeah. Um, would you consider taking the beliefs of some cults seriously? Um, I'm not sure exactly what that question means. Like if a cult proposed something that like made sense to me, would I take it seriously? I, I'm not really sure how to answer that. You guys have any thoughts on that? I mean, doesn't that kind of just go back to what uh, Donald was saying that there might be some wisdom or like yeah nuggets of truth and 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 you know helpful helpful stuff in these, but that they aren't necessarily of that thing. They're just like from elsewhere that uh, help to reassure someone of the uh, veracity of the cult. Yeah, I so, suppose. Yeah, so. I mean, yeah, if if a, if a cult said something that was true, I wouldn't be like, "No, that's not true." Like it's it, you know, true is true. So, yeah. but that doesn't mean I would be like crediting the cult for it or thinking, "Well, these guys might not be so bad," you know. All right. Hey Donald, should I convert to Islam? Hey Tom, should I convert to Catholicism? He's trying to get us here. You see what he's doing there, Donald? It's pretty tricky. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, it's, it's it's hard because uh, um, I guess I would say go for it, and uh, I'm fine with that. I I think that uh, you know, assuming that you're coming from uh, like a cynical atheistic background or whatever, you know, just uh, you know, try out Islam for a year or whatever. You know, see how that goes, and um, then settle into Catholicism for the rest of your life after that. I guess <laughs> my answer is no. All right, okay. next question. <laughs> what was God thinking when he made the dinosaurs? Nothing? Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, it makes me uncomfortable to, to presume what God is thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a fair it point. It just made me think about uh, dinosaurs and how cool they are. Yeah. That's about all I got out of that one. Yeah, I, I don't I don't really know. Um, I there is sort of like this. This isn't like a, a really um, important part of Islamic beliefs or anything. It's just sort of like something that has floated around for a while, and I don't think even a lot of people really subscribe to these beliefs anymore. I think it's more of like an old kind of thing. But there there is some ideas about what happened before humanity came and that there was like a war amongst jinns that jinn were here before humanity was and that they had a war and uh the the person who or the jinn who who was able to conquer all of them and unite all of them is actually like iblis shaitan and that's why he was elevated to the position that he was in the court with the angels and and then from there he you know once uh, adam was created he rebelled against god and all that kind of stuff um so i i when i when i was reading about that i was sort of thinking like i wonder if dinosaurs were like the vehicles <laughs> through which the the jinn like fought their wars kind of like mech troops kind of thing you know and they had this big war and stuff that's cool. Yeah. And then God was like, you know what? Enough of this. Sending down a meteor. Okay. Reset button. Oh. 
I, I, I really don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tom, you reminded me, I forgot this until now, but I think one of the very first topics that, like, when I started uh, listening and reading and watching um, stuff about Islam with you, I think one of the first topics that we ever came across was what does Islam have to say about aliens? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe that was the, the levity involved in that was a good intro for me. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. I, I forgot about that, but it was really funny about like, I think it was maybe like Muhammad Hilan, like, seriously talking about like the implications of that well of like the odds of uh intelligent life elsewhere in the universe and stuff like that you know yeah he he would be the kind of person to take it like that <laughs> uh so ibn Taymiyyah actually wrote a text on this I, I don't think it was a very like a full book i think it was just a part of a book like or, a little treatise or something yeah and it it is based on the idea that um in the Fatiha, God is referred to as the Lord of the worlds in the plural. Right. And that's most commonly understood to mean like different kind of worlds in the sense of not like planets exactly, but like the world of like that we know as the world. Right. But then there's also like the world of the angels and, and like these kind of dip, the they operate the on. Jinn. Yeah. They're like on different different levels of reality yeah that's a good way to put it different levels of reality different like i was going to say planes of existence but that sounds a little bit but it's true <laughs> i know what you're saying yeah yeah um so that's the common understanding i think but uh ibn Taymiyyah being kind of the uh, <laughs> the artist uh, that he could be yeah exactly uh he said that that could very well be taken literally and that it completely opens up the possibility of uh created things living things on other other in other places just living elsewhere and that um and then it goes immediately into like well what religion would they follow and then his conclusion is that they probably would follow all the same religions that we have they would have the same variety of religions and have their own <laughs> prophets and stuff like that mm -hmm. that's funny yeah, I, I, I like that sort of thinking and the same uh, along the same lines, the idea that animals have also had their own prophets and they are all emulating like a perfect dog and a perfect cat and a perfect you know, <laughs> elephant and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, because there's a line in the Quran that says that uh, we have not created uh, the animals except that they form communities like yourselves. So uh, some scholars have taken that to mean that just as all the different communities like ummah is the word communities in uh in amongst humanity they are all based on prophetic teachings of a certain prophet that's also probably then true of the animals and so they've also kind of done the same hmm. i think a lot of i i don't know about europeans maybe but americans might be surprised at how how little uh antipathy there is between um islam and like science science and science scientific type thinking mm -hmm. just because that that's such a big like culture war thing in the u.s like if you're uh, a scientist or a, an academic in science you have to be like oh those religious thinkers they're they're always 
you know, saying that the earth is 6,000 years old and ah, you know, it's like, there's a, I, I don't know. I've been, some of the science writing that I've read recently seems to go in these little tangents that don't really have anything else to do with the topic that they're dealing with that seem to address this. And, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, it just is, it was a new thing for me, at least realizing that they're that same, uh, sort of like, cats versus dogs type attitude doesn't really exist it doesn't really that's not present in islam it's not present in a lot of i mean even i think it only really applies to a certain kind of protestant christian that exists in north america and that, that yeah. like really i i don't even think that yeah, that can apply yeah. to most protestants and i don't i don't think it applies to like all the other types of christians really I, I, yeah, I've never heard of like Catholics kind of promoting that kind of stuff. Um, well, it's one of those things that kind of becomes like it changes the conversation sometimes, you know, where that may not have there. There may not have been a conflict before, but since it's become a culture war thing, then all of a sudden it's something that people care about, you know? Yeah, I, I think it's really pernicious because then those people quickly it enables a kind of thinking where it's like, oh, well, the, the reason that they think these silly things is because they don't follow like the scientific methodology in all things. They don't have like empiricist approaches to all <laughs> knowledge. And therefore, you know, that's why there's such an evil presence in the world. But they don't apply that to like any other thing that, that you could say that about. Like you could say that about yeah. artists, you know, like yeah, are, are you yeah. going to say like <laughs> art is now some sort of evil anti-science, anti-progress blah 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 like yes okay well fair enough <laughs> <laughs> all right um okay let's wrap it up here with this last one this is a good suggestion for a guest it says have adolf hitler on the pod already you cowards he lives in brazil okay so i think maybe this explains the brazilian fan base that we seem to have yeah so all right yeah. if you guys want it we'll we'll arrange it you know we're, sure. we're here to, to serve. Yep. So, uh, Adolf Hitler, if you're listening, please get in touch. Yeah, you got my number. <laughs> okay, so thanks for coming on again, Tabs. It's always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was fun. All right, if you guys enjoyed this episode and you'd like another episode of You Can't Win Every Week, you can subscribe to the Patreon, and you will also get access to our Discord where you can chat with us in our community. Until next time, see you next week. We'll see you next week. I'll, I'll edit that to make that sound okay. <laughs> okay. I see Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>